this is Hit That Line. I am your host, Zach Barry, coming to you Thursday evening, week two. We are looking to, well, I say we, I mean myself. Uh, I got to get on the board at some point. 0-4 so far. Um, but the fellas still churning and burning. Austin got on the board last week. Ben had himself a nice week, and then Nick as well. Gentlemen, it's good to see you. Welcome. Well, I mean, that was as not that everybody all wants. Yeah, and we're on mute. Yeah, like yeah, the yeah, yeah, there we go. All right. On that Welcome note, back. before we get into week two, I do want to remind you of the sponsors of the show. Title sponsor, our good friends at Clinical Urology Associates. Before we get into gambling, I do want to remind you that you do not need to gamble with whether or not it is time for a vasectomy or time to perform in the clutch. If you are wanting to learn more about that or you're in search of treatments for men's health, look no further than Dr. Michael Jennings at Clinical Urology Associates. Dr. Jennings, an Ole Miss graduate, fellow gambler is here to make that difficult time of a vasectomy easier on you now offering special in-office sedation for vasectomy patients. They are also offering minimally invasive surgery, including the use of advanced laparoscopic procedures and the Da Vinci robot. He, along with his team of medical professionals, look forward to providing excellent health care to the people of the great state of Alabama and beyond because they accept all forms of insurance. So go all in and lay the points with them at one of their five locations in North Alabama and keep your health in the black. That's Clinical Urology Associates. Give Dr. Jennings a call at 256-492-4040, extension 4. Podcast also brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. You need that good neighbor service and surprisingly great rates. State Farm and Agent Davis McCord have got you covered. They're your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. Give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110. Like a good neighbor. State Farm is there. All right, fellas. I, it was just a, a weekend to forget for your boy. Just a tough, tough scene. Utah and Cam Rising ripped my heart out after getting me down inside the red zone. You had the game at least going to overtime. Thought they were about to get physical, handed off to Mr. Thomas. Cam Rising got greedy, throws a pick. And then we have the disaster on Sunday evening with LSU and whatever the hell that was. Um, thought that we were going to maybe sneak a win out there, out the back door, not a chance. And then whew, Thursday, ODU just absolutely shocked the world. I mean, we told y'all you don't just go up to Norfolk and, and get a dub. But um, the rest of the board, though, Nick, TCU, Bama, Utah State under, which <laughs> Jenny Chin Chin there. Um, ben got a push out of the Illini and then UNC app over 55, maybe the best pick of the week, just without a doubt. Um, and then uh, Mississippi State minus 16. And then Austin, the lone dub, Purdue plus three and a half. Chuck Sizzle, man, he almost got you the outright win there. Man, so wait, hold, let's double back to Utah real quick. They were two first and goals. <sighs> Away from a win, there was zero points. Right, got got no points after two okay. goals. Listen, yeah, I I had a push with Illinois, but if anybody gave the game away last week, it was them. I mean, Sorry, my God, it's like yeah. they drove down to the goal line and just get stopped on, you know, 
uh, goal line stood up every every series. Now, hey Zach, before we continue, I did want to say something that you know our sponsors are kind of the opposite of gambling a little bit. I just was just sitting here thinking like you remove all <laughs> doubt with the vasectomy. You know, I guess well, you got to give it a two to three month period after the procedure. <laughs> no more just, gambles there, and with just the insurance, to, just no, to like, let everyone you know. get a, you go out and get in an accident or whatever. You got insurance to protect you. So, anyway, it's a great point. Um, yeah, I, Austin. I, now I think we were all watching it. Cam Rising got in the play before the the, uh, oh, the yeah. stop on fourth no down, and no and doubt. I don't know what. What were they doing? Why did Kyle Whittingham or whoever the OC is rush them up to the line of scrimmage to run another play? I thought for sure that was going to be a wait at least 10, 15 seconds to let the officials get the word that they need to take a look or they were going to run it down and take a timeout and ask them to take a look because I somebody sent us a screenshot. I'll have to look it up again. I thought for sure he scored. Yeah. Yeah, it's frustrating because I think we got that handicap right by and large. I think we were right about who Utah is. I think we were right about who Florida is. I don't, I'm not making large adjustments to either team going forward. And, uh, look, the same for two of my losses were by a combined two-and-a-half points. Um, Purdue just chokes the game away. Houston manages to win without covering. Louisville was just a laugher. Oh those are, those are easy doing? to flush. I don't know. It's a great question. Um those are easy to flush because when you're just dead ass wrong, you're dead ass wrong. They got absolutely dominated by Syracuse. Yeah. Uh, and you have to think at this point, Ole Miss boy, Brian Brown and Scott Satterfield are certainly on the hot seat. I, I don't mean to be Far selfish here, Brian but that, that's correct. Yeah. I think I had the two worst beats of the day. Cause like you said, Austin, you were just wrong on those two, but like Utah at least had a shot at overtime. And then LSU, I should have gone for two, but you at least should get to overtime. But I oh, the Bayou Bengals have issues because did y'all see the the effort by whoever that was to let that guy come in on the inside of him on the the extra point attempt? Just terrible. He just let yeah. the guy walk right right oh, on the well, inside of Florida State. Did you did you see our man uh, Jason? Um, what was his last name? Hold on. I want to get this right. Efforting. Taylor? Jason Taylor? <laughs> no, Jason, Jason, Jason Brown. <laughs> Jason Brown from Last Chance U. Um, he, like, broke it down on Twitter where he took a look at the guy that just, like, completely just disregarded the guy going on the inside to block the guy on the outside. And he, like, did this whole breakdown of, like, why you go in, you know, crash to the inside – push that guy out and then at one point like his his screensaver on his tv like popped up and then he like just cussed a bunch and had to like hit the remote to get it to pop up again it was it was it was great but but yeah like you don't worry about the guy on the outside like that guy's not blocking the kick i mean unless you get the best jump of all time and can full extension broad jump 12 feet you're not getting and, and, look, that wasn't LSU's only special teams flub of the night. I mean, their special teams lost them that game. Oh. Two two fumbles on punt return, terrible blocking on the extra point. It was a rough night. Oh, yeah, and, so, I mean, uh, yeah, Florida State tried to let them win that game. So, I think, Zach, and I, I could be wrong here, but the 
the tight end that let the guy come in on the inside was Mason Taylor, who is Jason Taylor's son, if that ages you any. Jason Taylor, the Miami Dolphin. And and he was the guy that damn near lost in the game. We didn't get out of bounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which okay, and and after this, we'll jump into the to the slate. I know Nick's got the got the spreadsheet over there, and he's itching to go. But that whole sequence of events was bizarre to me. The officials took way too long, but I also think they got it wrong. So they review it. He comes down inbounds, but it was a first down. So clock stops to move the chains. As soon as they get up there, White Hat gives the ready whistle, then it rolls. Okay. So you still got two seconds. So obviously you get everybody up on the line. We assume it is LSU. They do have issues with with clock management at times, but we assume they're going to be up there ready to snap it as soon as the whistle goes. But also Florida State called a timeout. So, you know, because LSU was getting up to the ball as the officials were talking, and then Florida State called a timeout to get their defense set for that final play. So why were we taking 10 minutes to review how much time is left, when it starts, if it starts, all that? Because Florida State definitely called a timeout, unless I'm just completely misremembering. You're right. When they called a timeout to force the officials to review – the only yeah, thing left at that matter. point was they were going to have one more play. It just depends yeah. on where the ball was going to be spotted. So, you know, it's hashtag officiating, and we're very early in the season, but we're already having some – just some hilarious scaffolds there. But anyway, we, we digress here and hit that line. It was uh, – overall, it was not a terrible week. Like, I guess heading into week two now, we are six and nine – as a group, which is not good, but it's not terrible. Um, I just, I just got to get us some wins and we'd be fine. So we'll get back on track. It's early with that, Nick, the, the, the keys are yours, sir. Let's, uh, I don't know about y'all. It's 72 degrees here in Nashville. So we can roll the windows down and, and, and let it eat here. So let's, let's get going. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor-outdoor restaurant, bar, and entertainment space on South Lamar. They now have an updated menu with non-barbecue options from Tex-Mex to Mississippi Delta catfish to smash burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish, and they offer on-site catering. Weddings to Greek parties or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet-friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild in South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two for one Moscow mules, all of that and more, the best and brightest in-house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today. The show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com and you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. 
Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris, and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. The show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoysia fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, the driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. There's a little bit, almost kind of, a hint of fall in the air. And I don't know if you guys have looked at the 10-day forecast in Oxford. There's a 57 on the board for Monday night. So Ooh. I'm pretty high. Yeah. Yeah, so, okay, we'll, we'll get it going real quick. Uh, Louisville at UCF is on uh, Friday night. Not much to say about this game other than Louisville maybe. Absolutely, like, pure crap. That was – I don't know what that was last week. It was terrible. John Rice Plumley, I'm seeing just 20 of 31, 308 last week, four touchdowns. Uh, this game, this line's five and a half. Am I missing something here? I think UCF's dog walking. Um. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and just jump out here and lock it in. If I can get five and a half, I'm absolutely locking that in. I think – Let me make sure that that's the right number. I just – that sounds absurd. I think it is, Nick. I think it is. I've I've seen a six and a half from our boy Bill C and his SP Plus picks. But if you can give me five and a half, absolutely because – Give it to him. He had a bad week last week. Yeah, it's it's five and a half. Austin, I want you to, I want you to, to like bring us back to reality. Is this – an overcorrection because you I mean, you bet on Louisville last week, but is this an overcorrection yeah. to how bad they were last week? They're actually going to play, play pretty good this week. They're not staying within a touchdown. They they suck. Yeah, so I thought about that, but I think Zach is dead on. If he hadn't locked it in, I would have, and part of that was just out of spite because Louisville actually absolutely screwed <laughs> me last week. But I also think that the, the, the data shows week to week 
teams in college football don't typically rebound after ass whippings the week prior. Yeah. Usually in college football, there's not much elasticity when it comes to these sort of like the sort of variance or variability. And the reality is when you see a team lose to an to a non-ranked team, an unranked team, and lose by multiple scores, it may just be that that team that was thought to be good or the favorite is just actually not good. And I think that's the situation mm. that Louisville finds themselves in is that we all expected with returning quarterback, returning production on offense, offensive line, returning veterans on defense, that they would take a step up, and they just haven't. And I think as a Louisville fan or Louisville better, you've got to ask yourself, like Syracuse, their style of offense with Garrett Schrader, a really good running back, they, they line up and run the ball, a lot of zone read, a lot of RPO. Who does that sound like? Central Florida yeah, yeah. and Gus Malzahn. Like, like this yeah. is Syracuse on steroids. I don't see – like, how does Louisville stop UCF from doing exactly what Syracuse did the week before? Mm-hmm. I, I'm with Zach here. I think this is a romp. And, by the way, it's at Central Florida, which is a pretty nasty environment on oh, a Friday dude. night. I In mean, it's going to be packed. Yeah, yeah. And look, Ole Miss fans know that John Rice Plumley has flaws and weaknesses but he may not have to throw the ball in this game. I, I think Central Florida can line up and just absolutely run over Louisville. I think Louisville probably has a little more success on offense than they did last week. But, I mean, they only scored seven points last week. So, let's say they triple their score from last week. Let's say they get in the 20s. I think Central Florida could get in the high 30s or maybe in the 40s here. I think it's a comfortable cover for UCF. Yeah, I'm thinking 38-21-ish. Yeah. I mean uh, – JRP is going to be a better athlete than anybody on Syracuse's team. Mm-hmm. And yep. and if they lost, what, 31-7 last week to Syracuse, I just don't see there being any way. I agree with Austin and Zach. I guess we're all in agreement. I mean, playing at UCF on a Friday night is death. Like, I, I wouldn't be comfortable mm-hmm. if Ole Miss went to UCF on a Friday night right now as mm-hmm. much, you know, even though we have a lot more talent than UCF does. It just that's a, that's a dangerous – position to be in coming off a big loss on the road is i mean also think about the travel here like oh, yeah. flying to syracuse yeah. flying back to louisville getting on the plane a short week then flying to yeah. orlando i mean they're going from one side of the country to the other i i this is not a good spot to be in for louisville easy cover yeah one, one final thought on Plumley here we know about his limitations throwing the ball downfield like we saw that firsthand but i suspect in this conference He's going to find it a little easier to throw downfield against yes. this quality of athletes, these yes. these DBs, and I think Malzahn is going to put him in good positions. You know, he's not going to ask much of him downfield. They're going to pick their spots. It's going to be very Nick Marshall esque. I'm not saying mm-hmm. they make a title run or anything like that, but I just think Gus knows how to put quarterbacks like Plumlee in situations where they succeed. Uh, look, I yeah, and- I was I was real quick, Nick. I was going to just not to pile on Austin. I was shocked at. Malik Cunningham last week. You look at it really quickly, 16 for 22. You're thinking, all right, not that 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 should be fine. Only 152 yards, two interceptions, mm. a QBR of 25. I, I, is, is he gonna fix it on a short week with all the travel that you just alluded to? Friday night in the bounce house when there's gonna be probably 25, 30,000 students on 30 milligram time release Adderall. Like, no. <laughs> so, Those, so it's going to trans- be rockets. Yes. The transfer portal is going to be devastating to programs like Louisville 
His best two yeah. targets, one went to Alabama and one went to Ole Miss. So, like, that, we ha- yep. you have to keep in mind that their best receivers are always going to be leaving after their first or second year. That's just the, that's just the nature of the beast now in this new college football with the free transfer and the NIL and the portal and everything. So, you know, Louisville is, was probably, even though Malik Cunningham has a year of experience under his belt, they were probably better last year before they got mm-hmm. raided in the transfer portal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with everything. I Just one last thing. I saw Syracuse had 18 penalties for 107 yards. Last week, I mean, how bad did they win if, if not for 18 penalties called back? I, it's, that's, that was a beat down. To come out like that in the first game of the season, conference game, you know, on the road and to lay that sort of egg, I think that says a lot about where Louisville is. All right, 18 uh, penalties for 107? Sun- that's basically have- a five-yard average. Did they have 18 false starts? Like, it had to be a lot of declines, right? I mean, isn't a uh, – Pass interference is to climb. That still counts as a penalty, I believe. Right, but with no yardage. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. No yardage. I think, I think that, think that counts because I mean, you were called for it or a hold that was called because you know it's essentially a loss of down. So, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Biggest game on Sunday. Uh, excuse me, on Saturday, and not really a big game at all. However, big noon is going to be there. Uh, Alabama yeah. travels to Texas. Absolute beat down incoming. I want to make sure we get the correct line. It is you can get either 20, 20 or 20 and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Both of us. I'll lock it in, Alabama. Lay lay the yes. 20 or 20 and a half. I mean, yes. Did anybody see the tweet th- this week of it was Creed walking up to uh uh Jim Halpert in uh the yeah. office? Yeah. And then yeah. he's one week. He said it's Will Anderson to uh um, Quinn Ewers is like one more week, and he like pats him on the back. That's so yeah. true here. Alabama rolls. This is name your score. At, Texas ain't going to score more than seventeen. I mean, to beat Alabama, you have to be so elite at quarterback and so elite at wide receiver, or or you have to beat Georgia or Auburn. And Texas is none of that. So they're not going to yeah. they're not going to keep it close. And, what and, what about Bama in the first half minus eleven and a half? Oh my god! Lock of the century. Yeah, yeah. lay that. I just put the mortgage yeah. on that. It's yeah, like Ben said, you got to be Georgia, which is just Bama with different colors, or you have to be Auburn that has the the power, you know, higher power working in their favor most of the time. I, I mean, this is this is a mauling. Um, this is Nick Nick Saban's death tour. Um, Everybody can blame Kirby Smart for what he did in the national championship game. Nick Saban's signed an extension. He's going to coach for another decade. He's going to try to get as many trophies as he can. He is out to collect scalps. And Sark's already doing damage control, doing the whole like, well, you know, we're just trying to be in Dallas at the end of the year for the Big 12 title. And, you know, this is, you know, we're playing with house money. But, you know, he's already deflecting and preparing for what's coming. I don't care what any metrics say. I don't care about any against the spread numbers here. And look, we could totally be wrong when we do this show for a week from now, but I don't see how Bryce Young is going to have a field day. Quinn Ewers might be elite at some point, but it's not right now. And and I don't think Texas has the horses around him. Now, B. John Robinson is a Clydesdale 
but he's not doing it all by himself against this Alabama defense. I completely uh, agree. I, uh, go ahead, Nick. No, no, you got it. Uh, Zach, you said everybody should blame Kirby. I, I think Texas might also point the finger at Jimbo because last time Saban lost to you know one of his assistants outside <laughs> yeah. of Kirby, it was the Jimbo you know, in Texas. So Saban has a long memory. I, I really can't add much to y'all's analysis except to say Texas was counting on you know two Bama transfers and a transfer from Wyoming to to provide viewers with some weapons on the outside and and boost their offense here. Well, the kid from Wyoming is hurt now for the year, and the two Bama guys are suspended. So, you know. Classic. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know that this is even – even that version of Texas, even the best version of Texas that we had imagined preseason, even that version of Texas probably couldn't hang with Bama. But this version of Texas, without those weapons, they're going to have to score to keep pace here. The last time Texas played an SEC team was Arkansas last year. Y'all remember <laughs> that game? Oh yeah, Arkansas. They, mm-hmm. Arkansas absolutely bullied Texas on both lines of scrimmage. I know Texas has improved their roster a little bit since that game, but is Arkansas like who 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 is better on the lines of scrimmage, Bama or Arkansas? I mean, it's not even close. So I don't think Texas closed the gap between themselves and a program like Bama in the trenches. I think this is a dog walk. Bama names their number. I love the first half uh, line there, Nick. I love the the full game number for Bama. I liked the over when it opened because I think Bama gets in the mid forties here to prove a point. At that point, you're not asking for much out of Texas to get over 61 and a half or 62. It has since ballooned to the point where I'm not, I'm not interested now, but it wouldn't surprise me if Bama's final score has a five in front of it. So I I can never bet under Mm -hmm. here. I think the, it's an absolute lay with Alabama on the 20. Y'all, y'all know how they, the joke is always, Oh, well, Saban's had a guy, you know, locked in a closet for five months doing film study on, you know, X team, you know, somebody that beat them the year before or somebody that gave them trouble. You know, he's had someone in the closet looking over that AM tape, but you know, he's mm-hmm. had multiple assistants, analysts in a closet looking up what Sark does on offense. They are going to, come on, Quinn Ewers is going to be trying to crawl under the carpet. DK Royal, uh, it's it's going to be bad. It's oh, I'll, I'll keep even though you know I, it it's going to amend or I'm going to change because of week to week. But I'll I'll keep my prediction that the only real chance I think in the regular season Alabama has at losing is in Oxford. Still, I mean, even after that 28-10 game with Troy, like they're not. This isn't close. And, and even then, that game may not be close, but yeah. but Texas is certainly not there. Like, this is – no, no way. 11-point first half might be the best line in the history of college football, frankly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hey, it's it's minus four and a half first quarter, and I get it. You're, you're asking a lot in the first quarter where you don't know who's going to get the ball first, so there's almost surely to be an unequal, you know, distribution of, of possessions. But all they'd have to do is not give up a give up points, Texas, because Texas is not shutting them out for a whole quarter. No, for four and a no. half. Also, and you guys know I'm not a big Texas guy, not at all. I was for USC back in the the you know USC Vince Young game, but it is sort of sad that like the great you know hope of shutting down college football, Texas, is 
three touchdown underdogs at home versus Alabama. Like it, it, it does kind of stink. That's where we are in the sport that a big, big name like Texas, you can get a ticket for twelve dollars into a, a three score game. Like that's I love it. That kind of sucks. That I, I love. I mean, I, mean, I know it's. I, I don't like it, it that it's Bama. It just it sucks that that's where we are with Bama and Georgia. And and I guess Ohio State. That, oh yeah, you know, I, I, other I agree with you. There. Big time programs are three right. touchdown favorites. Right. I just don't mind at all that so, Texas is bad. You know, they, no, they can um, continue. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So all right, next big game. Uh, this is actually going to be a good one. I think. Uh, I do think that the the home team is going to cover here. Arkansas hosts South Carolina. Uh, early start, eleven a.m. But uh, should be a good one from Fayetteville. And line is eight and a half. Man, I was really hoping that Spencer Rattler and company would would have really come out and looked a little better than they did against Georgia State. Now I know it was you know season opener trap game with former interim coaches making their homecoming trip back to to Columbia, but um, just a little out of sync. Um, didn't look super great early on. Um, two interceptions on paper. One was through a receiver's hand, should have been caught. Um, but they didn't run the football that well. Marshawn Lloyd, the former blue chip running back coming off ACL, uh, injury. He was, didn't look to be up to full speed. They, they didn't run it. I thought they'd be a lot more physical running the football. I know Beamer was pretty adamant about that last year um even with their kind of hodgepodge offense but um I, I, this is a tough game for them week two i, I think south carolina is going to be fine i think they're going to win some games i think they're going to get to a bowl comfortably um but i just don't see it here it's in fayetteville that's a really tough place to play even though it's an 11 a.m snoozer i like the hogs here in this spot I think they cover. I think they win by 10, 13. It's going to be a, an absolute rock fight, but just Kendall Bryles and company are going to have a pretty good scheme cooked up. And, and I just don't know if Spencer Rattler can yet go toe to toe in a game against KJ Jefferson and in that offensive scheme. Um, Arkansas got a scare last week. I'll, I'll give Cincinnati props. It was much closer than I thought it'd be. Um, I think Barry Odom's going to have some stuff cooked up for for Spencer Rattler. We know that he's capable of putting some really talented quarterbacks in a blender, as we saw a couple of years ago. But um, historically, Sam Pittman's good against the number. Um, 4-0 against the spread as a ranked team against South Carolina. And then 13-6-1 against the spread in their last 20 conference games. He knows the deal. I like Arkansas here. I think again, South Carolina's gonna be fine down the road, but hogs here. Austin yeah, not, go. Not to go ahead, Nick. Go ahead. Yeah, not to pile on South Carolina here. The 70, 79 yards rushing last week was pretty bad. The yeah. biggest stat to me was that I believe they had and Zach, you probably saw it, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe they had two blocked punts that they yeah. picked up and and scored on. And I think they had two other blocked kicks. I'm not sure if it was field goals or what. I think they blocked four kicks in one game. 
two of which were were scooping scores, and the other two they scored later on. That is, yeah, uh, that's worrisome. Three hundred six yards total of offense at home against Georgia State. I just the, the whole Beamer ball thing, you know, yeah. th- that worked at Virginia Tech was a different Can, league, and I, I don't know that they're keeping up the, this game with with Arkansas. Yeah, can you confirm there was there was some hollering in the house about Beamer ball, but <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and Arkansas was good last week. I, I, I thought, I mean, I, they didn't absolutely destroy Cincinnati. There were some flaws, but I thought, I mean, you know, that was a pretty good, solid workman-like win was, from Arkansas last week. I, I hate to give them credit. Yeah, I was going to say very veteran-like handling of adversity early in the, you know, in the season mm-hmm. opener against a ranked team. Now it's a, a shell of a really good team from last year, but I mean, that's a that's a game that Arkansas has lost in the past. You know, we've seen them lose laughers to to non conference opponents early in the season, and they held serve and um, got a win against a really good, you know, a solid coached Luke Fickle team. I don't know how good Cincinnati will be this year, but but yeah, I mean, they could have very easily let that unravel. But yeah, I, again, I I think Rattler's good. I think he's talented. They have some playmakers. The defense, the front seven is going to be good for for Beamer, but just not this week. Yeah, I'm I'm with y'all, and I may actually lock this in, but but we'll put a pin in it for now. I think uh, Zach, as you rightly noted, and Nick as well, this is probably the most deceiving box score from Week One. South Carolina was so reliant on special teams plays and turnovers. Georgia State actually rushed for five yards a carry against this uh, South Carolina front. That's exactly what Arkansas is going to try to do on Saturday. Um, I think there are better days ahead for South Carolina. I think Rattler will come around, but he was not impressive Saturday against you know a defense that might be the easiest they face in their schedule this year. Or it's going to be among the easiest. So I think we're still in wait and see mode with South Carolina. Um, I, I like Arkansas. I, again, I'm with Nick. I I hate it, but my head tells me. Arkansas is the superior team top to bottom, especially where it matters in the trenches. I think Arkansas can line up and just run over South Carolina. The one thing that does give me some pause if I'm backing Arkansas here is that when Catalan at safety went down and their starting corner slusher, um, Cincinnati was able to throw the ball on in the second half. I think in the second half, 10 of Cincinnati's 12 possessions ended in Arkansas territory. So they moved the ball when the starters went down. I don't know the status of those Arkansas guys this week. I think Catalan may be done, um, or I'm sorry, I think Slusher may be out this week. Catalan may play. So I don't know, if you're looking to back Arkansas like I am, I would like to have more information before I pulled the trigger. But I, I'm with Zach and Nick. I think this is Arkansas, like 33 to 17 in the Hogs cruise. Um, so I'm going to be contrarian here. I, I actually think that South Carolina covers. Um, I don't know that Catalan is. It, a lot of it's going to hinge on the secondary players, Catalan and Slushers or Slusher. I, I think that Rattler's going to be able to move the ball on them. Here's what's concerning to me. Arkansas led the power five in rushing last year at like 230 yards a carry. South Carolina is not good against the run. As Austin said, as all of you have said, they gave up a lot of gra- yards on the ground to Georgia state. Um, but Georgia state's not bad. It's not as if they're like some pushover. They're not Central Arkansas. They're going to be one of the best teams in the Sun Belt. So I think that's a little bit misleading. This is a this line at like nine to ten. It, did you say it was nine, Zach? 
that's that's just a lot of points for 11 a.m. kickoff so. and the SEC. Those games are a little weird anyway. So I I think that Arkansas wins and may even win comfortably. I just I think that it's close enough that South Carolina can cover. You know, Rattler throwing the ball against a secondary that's going to have guys that are going to have to step up that aren't tradi- you know normal starters. Um, I think that Arkansas is going to be able to run the ball. But at the same time, like with the eleven name kick, I think that there's a little bit of regression to the mean here. I also think that Cincinnati, I mean, they lost a lot. And so we may be giving Arkansas a little bit too much credit for having beat a Cincinnati team that was replacing a group of five opponent that was replacing most of its starters, including an NFL quarterback from a year ago. I know they were a college football playoff team, but it's the first game of the year at home, that kind of deal. I just think that, you know, a, a 30 to 23 win, South Carolina. I think it's sharp, but South Carolina covers. Yeah. All right. This is one we don't have to spend too much time on. I just want to get it, see if y'all have any thoughts on it at all. Again, I wish still existed. No offense to Missouri. I wish they were still in the Big 12. I like when they play Kansas and Kansas State and Iowa State, teams like that. Uh, Missouri goes on the road to Manhattan, to the Little Apple, Kansas State minus seven and a half. And I'm, Considering locking it in, I just didn't like what I saw from Missouri last week at all, really. And I think Kansas State is better coached. I think they've got better quarterback. I think they've got better players. I just don't really like anything at all from Missouri. So, um, if you could get this number down to seven at any point, I think I would probably lock that in. At seven and a half, it's a little iffy. Kansas State is one of those teams that plays very well-structured, no field goals, no special teams, you know, riffraff. 21-14 type games. I don't – what are people seeing here or expecting if they're taking Missouri here? I don't I, – I guess you can point to they put up 40-plus on La Tech. All right. Cool. You know, daiquiris, I guess. Um, I, in Manhattan, I mean, probably as volatile as, – as Volatile as a place is playing in the bounce house on a Friday. That place gets rowdy, and they got a guy named Deuce Vaughn. I know Mr. Martinez is under center. It doesn't matter. They're going to give it to 22. He's going to do his thing, and I just think that Eli Drinkwitz is a fraud, if I'm just being honest. Um, He's a guy that is, you know, the – Big K version of Lane Kiffin or tries to be. He is way too online and he tries to be cute and and do cool, quirky things like Lane Kiffin does. Um, And yeah, maybe that has nothing to do with this game or how to pick it, but I I just don't believe in them whatsoever. I uh, Missouri has Luther Burden. Maybe he makes a play or two, but I just think that this is a game not even a not even a reticulated Python game here. I mean, I, I don't even think Kansas State's good enough to do that. But, I mean, they're just going to control the ball. They're going to keep it away from Missouri. And Deuce Vaughn's just going to do his thing. He's super talented, probably one of the more entertaining guys to watch in college football um, right next to my guy Chuck Sizzle. Um, I like the Wildcats probably one of the more underrated uniforms in college football. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm 
I'm not locking it in, but I would lay the points with Kansas State. I don't think this is remotely close. Maybe for a little bit, but Kansas State will pull away. Missouri will do something and fall on their face. I like the Wildcats. Yeah, I think it's sharp. I mean, for me, the handicap comes down to whether or not you believe that Mizzou's run defense has improved over last year's, which was abysmal, because uh, they're going to get a heavy dose of the run on Saturday. Uh, Zach, you mentioned Deuce Vaughn, one of the best backs in the country. If I'm a Kansas State backer, I worry about the dude handing him the ball. Adrian Martinez, you know, for years at Nebraska, um, turned the ball over, struggled with fumbles as well as interceptions. If he so, it, so it schedule, is Adrian, just to be sure. Yeah, I think that's right, isn't it? <laughs> I was going to say Taylor, and then I was like, wait, which one is it? Because Nebraska no, had two myself. Martinez, yeah. guys. Hold on. Uh, Sorry, so, yeah, efforting. If, if K-State can stay on schedule and move the chains. No, you're right. The ground game. Yeah, I, I think you're right. They can suffocate Mizzou, probably. But if Mizzou is any better on defense, I think they can score a little bit offensively against K-State's defense here. So, I, I don't know. The number feels right to me around seven, seven and a half, eight. I completely stay away from me. If I had to bet it, I'd take the points with Mizzou, but I would, oh. I'm not in a hurry. I'm not in a hurry to, to pull that trigger at all. I'm there too. I, I don't, I think the play here might be actually to take the Mizzou. I mean, if you're going to just throw money away, because I think this is sharp, is to play the Mizzou money line, which is like a plus 250 range odds and, and because I do think Mizzou has the athletes to beat Kansas State. Kansas State, I mean, we give them a lot of credit for being well coached, and and this is not me mocking y'all because they are. I mean, it's like a Bill Snyder family stadium, and he built the program, and they're gonna they're not gonna beat themselves, and they're gonna play good defense, and and special teams are not gonna you know be screwy and that kind of deal. At the same time, they don't really recruit at all anymore, and there's just not a lot of players there. Adrian Martinez is a nice player, but but, you know, I, I just don't know. The problem is, is Missouri really doesn't have any talent either other than, than you know, the, the freshmen. So um, I think it's sharp. Stay away. I'm with Austin. But if I were to play it, if I were to just like I had to like scratch that itch, I would take Mizzou money line just just for the the juice. Yeah, I can get it at 244. Yeah, I, I was actually kind of looking – a little closer on the, uh, the the total, it's 55 and a half, but it, it, what worries me is not necessarily that I think Missouri is going to put up a ton of points. It's that if Kansas State needs to, I think they can put up a ton of points and just go back and forth with Missouri. Uh, I don't. I, mean, I just think that Kansas State's going to win whatever game they, they try and play. If they want to play, you know, put a roll of quarters in a, in a sock, type game they'll do that and if Missouri wants to get out and try and run with them I think Kansas State will just run all over them so I think this Kansas is State a, wins this game yeah. bad the memory moment quarters, for me go ahead go ahead I was gonna say the role of quarter sock game is actually Kansas's state game so that's yeah <laughs> yeah yeah did, did um um bad memory moment for me did state played at Kansas State and they Mississippi State did they yep. lost to Kansas State at home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, well, did they lose twice to, Can- to K-State? They, they, yeah, they, they, they may have, yeah. That was no, like a Gary Schrader helicopter game. I think they lost both times. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because Schrader right. helicopter. I was going to say, man, K-State will get spunky and yeah. and, and play with a with an SEC team. So, I, look, I Probably can see Probably right. They'll probably cover. 
I'm just thinking like it's sharp enough for me that if if yeah, you got ten no. bucks and want to try to win twenty four, just put that on Missouri money line and and go yeah. with underdog for fun. I was gonna I was gonna say it's like a classic, and look, you could I, this is a gambling show. Sure, you can say, well, yeah, no shit, Zach. You can say that about every game, but this is truly a game where you could see it going. Oh, K State wins by seventeen handily, or you could see it, man, barn burner. You know, twenty nine. 26 K State. I mean, you know, you could see it both ways. I just, I'm with you, Ben. You, you said K State doesn't have much talent, but neither does Missouri. No, no. This is yeah. just bad football players all over the field. Yeah, yeah. Except for slow guys who get to the gym early, things like that. Yeah, and and, and Deuce Vaughn who's listed at five six, which is extremely generous. I think. All right, this is. I mean, truthfully, I think it's probably the best game of the day. It's it's you know one that no one really wants to to, to think about because it's Tennessee, but they are laying six <laughs> at, at Pittsburgh. I think it's going to be a really good game. I didn't. I think Ben will probably disagree from what what, I, what I've heard of the last couple of days. I wasn't impressed really at all with Pitt, and I feel like the game. And of course, you can say this about a thousand things, but the game just turned on two plays late in the game. I thought West Virginia outplayed them. All game, still almost drove the length of the field and scored there late after that tip pass. I just thought West Virginia was better last week than Pitt and, and, and wins that same game if they play it over 10 times. They win it seven or eight of those. I think that Tennessee is going on the road covering this. Oh, I've gone – I spent way too much time this week thinking of Tennessee. Um, living here – it's already enough. I get reminded of the power T and 98 and T Martin. And, and yeah. Hey, did you know peerless price where he actually wore number 30? Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember he wore number 37. Um, <laughs> I told y'all today, I had no idea that Will Overstreet was from Jackson. Um, when I was randomly watching the Fiesta Bowl against Nebraska today for, for no reason whatsoever, but I keep going back and forth in this game. I feel like this is Vegas trying to trap us here. If Tennessee had a defense that was just 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 minuscule, just slightly better, I would have no issue whatsoever. Maybe even thinking about locking it up. I think Tennessee is going to have the better players. I know it's at Pitt. It's it's RIP in pieces, Heinz Field. It's it's not that anymore. I'm not so sure how hyped. They're gonna be. I know the crowd was electric in the backyard brawl. I dare I say I think Hendon Hooker is gonna be okay. And I, if you're going toe to toe with Keaton Slovis, I mean, which guy are you taking? Um, I, my eyes don't deceive me. I saw Hendon Hooker in person last year. I, I think he's gonna be even better this year. Just another year in, in the system under his belt. I kind of like for Tennessee to go on the road and, and win this one outright. I I don't know. I maybe I'm just going against the grain here. Pittsburgh is one and four against the spread in their last five games against ranked um in in their last five games against ranked opponents that are from the non-con. Um I, Tennessee's numbers against the spread are not great. Four and eleven in their last fifteen against AP-ranked opponents, but they're – hold the phone. Four and one against the spread in their last five games at home as an underdog of six and a half or fewer. Excuse me, that's Pitt. So it, it's just 
this is a coin flip for me and I've extremely long winded. I'm not even locking this up. I don't know why I'm going so long, but I, I, I'm not touching this one, but I would, I would pick Tennessee if I was. Um, so what's the total? What do you have, Nick? 66. Is that it? 65 and a half, 66. I'm seeing 66. Nick, is, is Nick on mute? I guess. He is. Anyway, I um, think it's. I'm seeing sixty-five and a half. I can get you sixty-five and a half. Good. Yeah, I'm gonna. Lord. I'm, I'm gonna lock in the over on this game. Um, seems like a high number. And a half. But I think that. Yeah, I'm over sixty-five and a half. I'm. Sixty-four. Sixty-four and a half. Okay. Yeah, that's even better. Tennessee's gonna force Pitts play at their pace, which is fast. Um, I can't mm-hmm. see a scenario. I mean, Tennessee's going to get off the bus and score 35 or 40 points here. Um, it just depends on how – if their defense can hold up. I, I just don't know that – that uh, I think Pitt's going to score with them at home. I think Tennessee ultimately wins the game. This line feels sharp to me. If I had to pick it, I guess I would say that Tennessee covers if it's, you know, less than a touchdown. Anything over a touchdown, I, I, it's a stay away for me. But I want to lock in over uh, 64 and a half. All right, well, I'm going to begrudgingly lock it in if nobody else is going to. If I can get under a touchdown with the balls, give it to me. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, I was higher on Pitt coming into the season, and I think most of you were. And, and then I watched Pitt versus West Virginia and I regretted all of my preseason Pitt takes. I, they got dominated by West Virginia along the lines of scrimmage. Pitt was supposed to have, like, a top five defensive line. I didn't see that against West Virginia. And Narduzzi loves to put his corners on an island one-on-one man coverage, if he does that against Tennessee, Tennessee's was, putting up like 50. It's going to be a nightmare. Because I saw West Virginia's wide receivers do that to Pitt all night. And these are also Rands and no names. Tennessee's got legit SEC receivers. Tillman is nasty. Hooker's legit. I think Tennessee's run game is good enough to to occasionally go, you know, go to that well if they have to. But I don't think they're going to have to. Very often, I think Heifel's going to spread the field. And, again, if Narduzzi stays in this one-on-one scheme, I don't see how he shuts Tennessee down. Now, I don't think Tennessee's defense is very good. So Pitt could play a little ball control. But, again, just based on the West Virginia game, and that's the only data sample we've got, Pitt couldn't play ball control against West Virginia. I I don't know that they're going to be able to do it against SEC athletes here. Is West Virginia still running a 3-3-5? I, I think in and out, yeah, they they did a little bit against Pitt. And, I, look, I think Hooker's a much better quarterback than JT Daniels at this point in his career. One quirky thing here to note, Narduzzi has faced Hooker four times in his career already, I think, or this might be the fourth time. Oh, yeah, because the Virginia Tech days. Yeah, so I don't know how to handicap that. Like, what value do you assign to that fact? I don't know. I don't assign much to it because last year – they didn't Pitt didn't face Hooker until I think the second half. Tennessee played Joe Milton for most of that game or much of that game, too much of that game against Pitt. So I hate it. Look, I'd love to be wrong here. This is one that I'd, I'd happily lose this week, but I'm locking in the balls at anything less than seven. It, another quirky thing to note here, Austin. Um, Tennessee has a receiver whose name is Squirrel White. Sure, which is. Phenomenal. Um, and then everybody's favorite game. Everybody's favorite game 
of Mississippi players that go out of state and show out. Uh, Jimmy Holiday, uh, the Madison Central quarterback that's converted to a wide receiver, he has four receptions for 62 yards and a touchdown so far on the year for the Vols. Um, well, he was still at Madison Central. Is that not the, the, the guy from Madison Central? <laughs> no, can't confirm. I, I, He's I, in Knoxville. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you, Austin. Cedric Tillman's gonna going to murder some poor corner. Uh, this could also yeah. be a game where the former SC transfer, Brew McCoy, who is just yeah. a walking yep. matchup nightmare, has a breakout game because Pitt doesn't have anybody can cover him. Also a walking off-the-field nightmare, but nevertheless, yeah, you're right. Are we talking about Demon DeMoss or Brew McCoy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, again, I hate it. I just – I don't see any way for Pitt to keep pace here. I know they're going to try to play ball control, so maybe for a half – they keep it interesting, but I just don't think they're going to be able to hold Tennessee's athletes down for the entire game. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. They don't have. They don't have Kenny Pickett doing anything to scare you now. No, my only analysis of this is I, I'm kind of worried that Tennessee might be good with Hendon Hooker, and it may take like a Hendon Hooker injury or something for teams like Pitt to beat them. That that's yeah. my concern. I, obviously, they're. They're not beating Georgia, you know, if Peyton Manning walks through that door, or T Mom for that matter. But mm. I, I am worried that Hendon Hooker in this offense may be pretty daggum good. So, all right, next game um, I w- that I would pick here, and I'm going to go ahead and lock this in as I've not done one yet. Uh, this is uh, El Asico. Iowa State yeah. travels to Iowa City to take on the Hawkeyes. I'm just going to read you guys a few stats last week. The line currently <laughs> is – between three and a half and four, so you, you, you can't quite get it down to that key number if you're, you're trying to take Iowa. Fortunately for me, I'm taking Iowa State, which is probably stupid, and I, I'm thinking about actually taking some money on the under as well, which is 40 and a half currently. I do not understand, like, what, how many quarters the, these guys would have to play to get to 40. Last week, Iowa beat South Dakota State 7-3, to three, and they, they made history – a team, the first time a team had ever won, I believe, with seven points, and none of them were involved in a touchdown. Okay? They had a field goal and two safeties. Iowa had ten first downs. South Dakota State, a very good FCS team, had six first downs. Combined yards in this game were 286 combined yards. Okay? How many punts? I, um. I think there were 13 punts. Uh, at one point, there oh. was seven in a row. I know the, the longest play from scrimmage was longer than the longest scoring drive in this game. Um, the longest play from scrimmage being 41, and I think the longest score sco- – or 43 and the longest scoring drive being 41. Uh, Iowa had 166 yards. 109 of those were passing. Uh, I saw a stat, uh, Petrus, the quarterback, has seven consecutive games under 150 yards passing, which is just – I don't know how <laughs> – What's he got on the coach? They, might, they, they well, might make a change. What he's got on the coach is the fact that the, the offensive coordinator is the son of the current head coach. And fans were booing the Iowa team as they took the field on, on offense. Not when they came off after a three and out, after three and out. They were walking onto the field when getting the ball – they got the ball four times on the plus side of the 50 and didn't score in any of those four possessions, by the way. They were walking onto the field getting booed. I, I don't – I have no clue 
how Iowa is going to cover this spread. I don't think Iowa is that bad of a team. And I'm, I'm putting money now on Iowa State getting three and a half. I may also circle back and get the under. This is going to be an awful game. Iowa football should not exist in 2022. I hate it for the kids that are in the, the hospital next door, but they shouldn't be subjected to this. The, the things are tough enough. This is brutal. All right, Nick. Are you ready to <laughs> completely regret your lock? There's no way. I mean, I can't imagine okay. any way I would. All right, everybody buckle up. Since 2015, when Iowa played for the Big Ten Championship, it has been favored by fewer than six points 20 times. The Hawkeyes have won 19 of those games. <laughs> Wait, That's one or covered, though? It just says one. With the only okay, loss okay. coming to Purdue in West Lafayette in 2020, 16 of the 20 games saw a spread of three and a half or less. I was 15 and one outright and 12 and four against the spread in those games. Four of those wins That's came incredible. over Iowa State. I, I, this is going to be now, just I, the. No. It's just going to be the the absolute antithesis of Alaska. Like this is just going to be it to a T. Yes. Like it's going to be so to ten Iowa final covers it, the spread. It's going to be it, so it, it, dumb, but it's going to be so fun. And it, it may be 10 3, and they may be all safeties at this point, really. I, yeah. I, I, I get it. <laughs> Iowa just waits around on Iowa State to screw up, and they, they do. But this Iowa team, I think their offense finally hit rock bottom. I don't know if y'all remember the 20, what was it, 2019 on this offense, the, the excuse me, defense that hit rock bottom. This mm-hmm. is that in offensive form. It, they're abysmal i don't know oh what, my god he just think about a game the love think about a game there. between this iowa team and that old miss team <laughs> oh they'd score uh, 40 the movable force versus the stoppable object it would be the resistible object yeah <laughs> they'd still I, score 40 uh, I, give me iowa lay the points the, in that that scenario talk about talk about the the bloom coming off the rose since we're talking about Big Ten teams and, you know, shout to uh, the Rose Bowl and point to this guy for Keith Jackson. But, you know, we talked last week about Billy Napier and how he bet on himself and he bet on himself and he bet on himself and now he's at Florida, one of the better jobs in the country. Matt Campbell has stuck around in Ames too long. I mean, it is over. Mm-hmm. Like, he mm-hmm. is no longer the hot name. He is no longer the, you know, spunky – you know, weird Big Ten, like no, like that's gone. Like they are just not the same. I, I, I don't think I'm gonna even touch this one, but I'm leaning Iowa just because they've they've kind of low key dominated at home in this series. See, I, I'm contrarian here. I'm kind of with Nick. I think this is when you buy on Iowa State. Like this is when you take Campbell when he's a a dog in a game like this with a team that you don't expect much out of. I think this is when I want to have Campbell stock, not when he's expected to like win the big 12 or contend like last year, but now um, when he can motivate, you know, his guys, it's a rivalry game. I think I was one, one of the last six straight, but like last year, really funky. I think special teams won the game for Iowa. I think two years ago, Iowa state lost on a punt again. Like this is a really weird series. And I think it's going to be a weird game. 
And I'm just with Nick here. When you have a total of 40 and we know points are going to be at a premium, I think you have to take the points with a team that has at least shown some ability to score. Now, I know the level of competition that Iowa State played was different than the level of competition that Iowa played. But still, I mean, Iowa State, were they get in the 40s last week or high 30s? I, like, yeah, Iowa not couldn't that have done much that. different. Yeah, no. right. I, I, Iowa couldn't have put that number on whoever – who they played, SEMO last week, Iowa State. Um, I, I just, I, I'm with Nick. Like, until Iowa shows the ability to score, I just you can't lay the points with them against almost anybody. I kind of like Campbell and the Hawkeyes here. I'm sorry, Campbell and Cyclones, rather. Yeah, this is a stay away from me. I can't really add anything that y'all haven't said, to be honest with you. I mean, in a in a sport where a team wins seven to three and does not score a touchdown in doing so, I can't imagine they're going to come out and score with an opponent who put forty or whatever on an equivalent opponent last in, in the previous week, especially. In a rivalry game, I, I give me the um, Iowa State, I guess, but this is a complete stay away. I mean, there, you, there's no telling. I, I remember in like 2000 or 99, I was, you know, 11, 12 year old kid, 10 year old kid, went with my parents to Liberty Bowl to watch Liberty Bowl Stadium to watch Ole Miss play Memphis, and Ole Miss won three to nothing. And I think that Ole Miss team went like <laughs> seven and four, eight and three. So, it was like a Romero year, so you just never know. But but with the stats that y'all are saying about the quarterback Petrus or whatever, no no chance am I going to ride him and count him to cover the spread. I mean, it's a sharp line, I guess, but, you know, 17 to 13 covers, but 17, 14 doesn't. And I don't see Iowa scoring more than 17, frankly. I mean, like no. you're, you're hoping for their defense to be like a steel curtain. Yeah, and then we'll move on because this is not an Iowa, Iowa State podcast, so it could be. But okay. the over under 40, I don't, I, I'm going to have to circle back. It's, it's just, I mean, it's making eyes at me. It's, there's no, if you, <laughs> like you said it, Ben, I was not getting the 17, and I don't think they're going to get blown out. I mean, that defense is elite, very good. But I don't see either team breaking the 20 point threshold, and, and someone's got to do it if we're going to get to 40, and that's just how it works. So I, I'm I'm probably gonna circle back before we get done. All right, uh, Florida. This game's at six o'clock. Uh, probably the best game of the day, uh, if not that Tennessee and Pitt game. Uh, Kentucky travels to Florida. Uh, you can get this line anywhere from Florida at minus five and a half all the way up to six and a half. It's a little bit of a letdown spot from Florida, but I just don't love what I saw last week from Kentucky. I I, I don't I don't think Kentucky's that great of a team. I, I think that Levis might have been a little bit overhyped coming into the season. Again, letdown spot for Florida off of the huge win last week over Utah. You know, they, they kind of, you know, the, the, the Gators are back, I guess. Um, a very big win last week against a, a good Utah team. I think that the Utah team that probably wins 10 or 11 games, I really do. I think they're still going to win the pack. Nothing I saw last week tells me that, that they're bad. I mean, they went to Florida, and if that game is played again on a neutral field, uh, Utah is probably still favored. So what Florida did last week was impressive. And I think that they're just going to be too good. I mean, Anthony Richardson, he looked, he looked good. I mean, he looked like a, a different type of quarterback than Florida's had, at least in the last few years. So, you know, if you're only giving laying five and a half, I'm giving the Gators. 
Yeah, I I think we're gassing up Florida a little too early here. I mean, I still I'm with you. I think the Utes, even though it's not possible, and I hate when people say it, but I'm going to use it because I'm on like drink number four right now. Um, Utah still controls its own destiny in the pack. I mean, they can still win that conference. They can still give SC trouble. That game's at home. I think they're con- they're still in a good spot to win 10-11 games, like you said. Um, and before we even hit the record button, I or maybe we talked about it on the show where, where Cam Rising, I thought, got in. That's a different game if he does. Kentucky has issues. They they didn't look dominant against Miami of Ohio. They had a lot of penalties. Will Levis was not outstanding by any stretch. Um, and Chris Rodriguez is still not back. Um, I, I don't know how they're going to run the football effectively without him. Um, it, it's it, it, This is a weird one because Florida's 0-4-1 against the spread in their last five games against Kentucky. That was with a different coaching staff, though, so I think that that's something to think about because I think this is a much better coach team with Billy Napier. Kentucky is 1-9 and nine, straight up in the swamp since 2002. All nine losses by six points or more. We know about the streak. It's over. Florida dominated the series that they play every year. Um, I'm with you. I, we, we talked about it as soon as the AP poll came out. We all like collectively laughed in our group text about how Florida went from unranked to top 15. Um, that was really funny. I think this is a game that Florida wins. It's under the lights, in the swamp. I think it's too much for for Will Levis in that offense without Chris Rodriguez. I I think I'm not gonna lock it in. I might once I get into the sauce and and I get bored with Ole Miss Central Arkansas. I might live bet this one. I think Florida could really, really put the clamps down on the Wildcats and run away with this one. High key. So play a little bit of contrarian here. Does anybody know how many yards um, Anthony Richardson passed for last week without looking? No, I mean, it wasn't a ton. Like, he had some highlight reel plays, but I don't I don't remember him putting up just a ton didn't of Didn't go over 200. Up. 168. Yeah. Does okay. anybody know how many yards Jackson Dart passed for last week? Uh, no. 154. So we're talking about 15-yard difference, and everybody's heard what the fans and whatever have said about the quarterback play for Ole Miss last week, and I know the components were different. But point being is is we're everybody's anointing Anthony Richardson. Yes, he did run for 100 yards. He had some highlight real plays and this and that. But it's not like he set the world on fire against Utah. Like everybody needs to take, take a big step back. Like we're not looking at the next Cam Newton here. So, um, I, I'm going to take, I mean, I agree with y'all. I think Florida wins the game and likely covers. Um, but this line is sharper than what people are, you know, acting like, I, I think it's a letdown spot for Florida and I'm not so I'm going to have to see two or three more games from Anthony Richardson before I'm like, okay, this guy's like the real deal. I mean, he threw for 168 yards. He didn't throw for like 350. You know what I'm saying? This was not even as good of a performance as Matt Corral had at Tennessee last year, which nobody really talked about. And yet Anthony Richardson is like 
you turn on SEC Network, you turn on ESPN, whoever, it's like, well, I mean, Florida's back, their quarterback's great, and like, go Gators. It's like, wait a yeah. minute, let's let's hold up. I mean, the guy didn't throw for 200 yards. He didn't throw for 175. So, I mean, I, that that's my rant on Anthony Richardson here. I, I just – I'm not sold on him yet. And he may end up winning the Heisman Trophy and we can come back and laugh at me today. I just don't know that I'm there yet for them. Give me Kentucky and the points. I mean, do I think Florida wins? And Earlier I said they likely the cover probably. I'm just going to play contrarian here just because it's just not – I've not seen enough from Florida to say – yeah, like absolutely, they they just hammer Kentucky. I'm I'm not there yet. Yeah, yeah. So as we mentioned at the outset of the show, like Utah goes first and goal twice, gets zero points in those two trips, and I know that still counts too. Like you have to consider it, but it's a completely different game if Utah scores in either one of those possessions. So I'm not so sure that Florida is a top fifteen team suddenly. Like I just I'm not I'm not buying that. It is a giant letdown spot for Florida. On the other hand, Kentucky was not impressive in week one. Uh, Levis was not impressive. And as Zach mentioned, they will once again be without their running back, um, Rodriguez. And they lost another running back last week for the year with an ACL injury. So I think they're on their third string running back at this point. Kentucky is not a team that stacks talent such that the third string guy is going to be a you know an elite SEC back. So I worry about the run game. I worry about their lines of scrimmage, too. They kind of got pushed around against Miami of Ohio. That's not good. I don't think Florida has an elite defensive unit, but I know they're better than Miami of Ohio. So it's a, it's a stay away from me. I wanted to find reasons to back Kentucky here because I think Stoops is a good coach. I think he's built a good program. I just think they have too many things stacked against them at this point. If I got to bet it, gun to my head, I think I take Florida, but I'm not in love with, the, with it at all. Certainly anything above a touchdown. I think you're just begging for trouble there. Under, I'm sorry, under a field goal. Under a field goal, yeah, you probably win with Florida. Anything over a field goal, I, I don't love it, but I just can't really find a good reason to back Kentucky apart from my wanting to like the Wildcats, but I don't see it. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and they're monitoring 24 7 365. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at bluffcityadvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Barry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Barry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. 
Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at saddlecreektitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. Give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I do think sometimes it's better, at least like for the for the practice the following week to not, you know, had Kentucky blown out Miami of Ohio or whoever they played week one, then maybe they would have just been buying into their own hype. I, I don't know. I guess I'm in my mind, I'm spinning it to thinking that this is going to go, you know, like I'm thinking, but I'm with y'all. Kentucky didn't look great either, but I, I just think that we're, people are moving way too fast on Florida. I mean, they go from unranked to 12th or whatever, like, give me a break, dude. Like that's, no, I definitely that's, agree. There. I think I think both things can be true. Like, I, I, they're not the twelfth best team in the country, and also think that they can cover, you know, six. Yeah, or probably. Seven You're probably right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, I don't. that's just my, that's that's my thing. Is it's a little bit more on Kentucky and a little bit less on Florida. But uh, all right, last game I think of the night, uh, at least of the good ones. Then we'll, we'll get to our locks, with, of which I've got a couple more. Uh, MSU lay in ten or or 10 and a half, depending on where you look, at Arizona. Uh, my Wildcats are well on their way to their over. They went into San Diego State, opened up a new stadium, about 1,000 degrees last week, and whipped the Aztecs. And they were without uh, a couple of players because of some discipline issues, I would say, uh, out at San Diego State. But they whipped them. And I don't think they're beating MSU, but I can see a cover, you know, season opener. Uh, the game starts at, I believe it starts at 9.30 uh, startable time. So a, a pretty 10, late kick. It? It's 10, like yeah, 10. 10 p.m. That's going to be tough to step for. 10 o'clock start time in startable. So, <sighs> yeah, I'm, I think this could be a, I think this could be a fun one. Um, Still kicking this one around, might circle back. I like Mississippi State here a lot. Um. Now, Jane Delara, Jacob Cohen are fun uh, at Arizona. I know that uh, – what's his name? Jed Fish? What, what's the coach's Jed name? Jed Fish, that's right. Yeah, Jed put, Fish, put yeah. some respect on Jed Fish's name. Yeah. Um, I do think they're going to scare some people with the offense. I think Delara is, is a fun quarterback and, and Cohen is legit. I, I I don't know, man. I, Mike Leach in a game that he is supposed to win with a veteran quarterback, regardless of travel and time zones and all of that, it's not like it's going to be raucous in Tucson. I like Mississippi State here. They were really cooking last week with a delay, with the weather. Memphis is not very good, but Will Rogers, I think, either set or tied his personal best in, in yards passing. Um, he He's going to chunk it 60 times and they're going to be fine. It, it, 
it's either lay the points or hit the over for sure. Um, yeah, I, I don't have anything else. I, I like Mississippi State here. I do too. You can lock me in, lay the 10 or 10 Whoa. and a half. I, I think that the last, I think last week <laughs> in a roundabout way kind of prepared State for the late kick. I know that's weird, but um, yeah, that's a good point. this is back to back weeks. Yeah. Gonna start yeah, yeah. 10 o'clock. I, and and it didn't seem to matter with Memphis, and I don't think Arizona is. I mean, Memphis is not good this year, but I don't think Arizona is that much better. And and I I like Jet Fish, and I like Coing and Delora and those guys. And I mean, I think Coing had like three touchdown catches last week. But State's good on defense, and they've got a veteran quarterback. I think they're going to cover the spread. I I think this line should be more like fifteen and a half. And at that point, Whoa. I would. I would yeah, I do. I do. I think State's going to go to Arizona and roll. I think that's my third lock. I locked them in last really week. I'm going to keep biases. riding them, man. I'm telling I, you, they're under. Dude. They are underrated. They are. Ben is like, watch it. Ben is Ben is going to watch this game at Little Dewey's. I am. I am. Seriously, I sound like a state we, number I have for the last three weeks. We're talking, but, and I know that we're on an old, the Ole Miss period or whatever and that kind of stuff. But they're not laugh. Like they're pretty good. <laughs> I mean. No, Let's be real I get here. It, but maybe the wall go. Maybe the Wildcats are underrated. Yeah, I think they are, and and they would still. They're still not going to stay within eleven points of state or whatever the line is. Ben's gonna so, Ben's gonna go get a calzone at Stromboli's and and fire up a cigar for the for the y'all lifestyle so, experience. Gonna book my hotel room in the Cotton District, baby. Let's yeah, go. get ben, get you the best burger in town. Favored. Get that McDouble. Would MSU be favored on a neutral field against Alabama or just in Stark? <laughs> <laughs> they would Hashtag be. We believe. No, no, no. Seriously, I, I think this is partly because Memphis and Arizona are just not good. I mean, well, I think we've got where it's fool's gold what happened with Arizona last week. They're not good. And I, I just, even with the travel, the state's going to win like 35 21 or 38 21 and, and cover. I think this is. <clears throat> something else to consider in a year where despite Will Rogers and the experienced quarterback and the numbers and they're going to score, this is a year where Mike Leach and that program are going to be fighting tooth and nail to go six and six, seven and five. So these types of games where somebody can get got, he's going to make sure. I mean, he is going to leave zero doubt. They can hang oh, yeah. half a hundred. They're going them. undefeated in the non-conference, so we can go in and just accept that. Like yeah. they're going four and zero in the non-con. If it, I, if you didn't lock it up, I was thinking about it. I might still yeah. go back and get yeah, the over, but yeah, yeah I know I like I like state a lot here. I Ole Miss podcast or not, I like them a lot here from yes. a gambling perspective. Yes, yes. All right, unless unless Austin has anything else, we move on to our locks because. I'm bit, I'm getting sick over here listening to Ben. No, we, we can move on. I would say the under. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. The over is really, really tempting here. Was it 59? I think it's going it's down to 57. Is yeah. the last number I saw. Oh God! I'd almost let's, like in the over rather hey, than the, the spread. Nick, what do you have the total at? Oh, you have to give me a second here because I was off of the page, but I've got the. Total at fifty-seven and a half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just what? What is the spread? Ten, nine and a half, seven and a half. 
Ten and a half. Is it ten? Last week, Arizona gave up sixty-two yards passing to the Aztecs. But hey, you know, you're alive. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Mike Leach, San Diego. Is this Brady Hoax Aztecs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm locking in the over. Um, look, dude, I I'm riding. I'm riding with Ben here. I'm riding with my with my boys Adam Goff, Cody Melly. Shout out to the to the gang. Um, I'm not gonna ring a cowbell. I'm not gonna do any of that. But I I love the over here. I mean, even if Delara and Cohen mm-hmm. buck their head here, the number's gonna hit. I mean, it has to. I it has to. If this over doesn't hit, I I I might change my password on my phone so I'll stop logging into DraftKings. Yeah, I'm with you. I love the over. I, I, don't, I don't know that State covers the big number, but I think State easily gets into the upper 30s. And Arizona put up 38 last week. Now, are they going to do that against an SEC defense? Probably not. But can they give you 21, 24? If so, I think it goes over easily. Yeah. All right, uh, Austin, I'll, Nick, I'll my... both of y'all have only one lock. Yeah. If you don't mind, Austin, I'm going to go ahead and grab. I don't think it's the game you're looking at. Indiana minus 23 against Idaho. I mean, Indiana did what? not look great. I, yeah, I don't, I don't get it either. They scored 23 last week against Illinois. That might be enough to get them to cover. Well, but against at least the, the but against the push. Idaho, I, Idaho's terrible. I don't, I don't really understand. No, nah, dude, the, they were, they were getting busy in Pullman. Wazoo only well, beat him by a touchdown. It's twenty. Yeah, you're you're right. But I, I, that Washington State team, I don't think is is great. Cam Ward started a little slow. I'm just I'm laying them. I think I think Indiana is going to come out and, and lay the wood to them. So yeah, give me minus twenty three and a half. Or give me minus twenty three. Ben's got the scary. Ben's got the y'all lifestyle going. Nick's over here screaming leo. I mean. I'm so dizzy from that pick that Nick just made that, like, I can't even. I and and I, the best was the way Nick prefaced it by, I don't think this is a game you're looking at. <laughs> like, no, Nick, nobody on earth is looking at this game. <laughs> Tom, Tom Allen. Allen. Oh, my God. Oh. The only thing that would make it better is if Indiana was traveling to Idaho to play in, like, the in Dome the or whatever they play in. in the Kibbe. Kibbe Dome. In the uh, the uh, indoor volleyball arena, Jeez, full front of like forty eight hundred people. Yeah, Ooh, I didn't think you were looking boy. at Austin. What can I say? Yeah, you were right. You're right. Good call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the listener, the listeners have pleaded for me to stop with the GDs, but man, I almost unleashed one there. Yeah, really, <laughs> yeah. It and it would have been warranted. I think they would have <laughs> yeah. been like, "Well, we'll give him a pass on that." One. <laughs> They, right, let's, they, let's they stay turned the it off when Nick said, you know, Indiana and Idaho. Like, what the? It's like, what's... hey, look, hey, you you want to you want to bet on the Big Ten games? Or you, or, I mean, SEC games only, or do you want to win money? All no. all of our listeners in Gary, Indiana, are hype right now. Hey, um, I, y'all probably aren't looking at. The, maybe you are, but I just wanted to mention stuff. I was looking at games earlier, and Nevada is a two point favorite. <laughs> The incarnate word. Oh, you can bet on that. Yeah, what what I saw earlier was that they opened it to 
Now they're like a 96% chance to win on ESPN, but the, the book that I was on was like Vegas insider or whatever had them as a two point favorite to incarnate yeah, work. Right. I'm about to pull it up on draft. Like, I'm about to empty and my make all the political jokes you want to about Colin Kaepernick. That is a long fall from having an NFL quarterback to a two point mm-hmm. favorite mm-hmm. favorite against a school that's almost closed their football program several several times. Nevada is, is easily easily the worst two and zero team in the country. You talk about deceiving box scores. Like I think they've been outgained in both of their games. They just happen to have won the turnover battle by like. Five to nothing in both games. I think that's just uh, called absolutely terrible. Yeah, yeah. DraftKings doesn't have it. Damn it! I'd have unloaded the whole account on that. <laughs> this, I mean, this is this is an incarnate word team that is not. Just to be clear, Cam Ward does not play for them anymore, and Eric Morris is not coaching them anymore. They are both at Wazoo now. Um, yeah. If if you got a bookie that'll give you that. Oh, if our listeners had any doubt as to how geeky we are about college football, Zach just rattled off two incarnate word alums. Yeah. No, he definitely made those people up, but he he did commit to <laughs> no, they're, no, they're real. Eric Morris played played on the 08 Texas Tech team with, with Mike Leach. Oh, and, yeah. You know, Michael yeah, Crabtree. Yeah. 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 He yeah. was really good in the slot on NCAA football. Who, who could forget? Yeah. All right, Austin. Nick wasn't even in college then. That's how young he is. (laughs) Nick started us down this path, so blame him. I am laying 28 with Toledo against UMass. Uh, UMass is awful, (laughs) as usual. Austin just, just like, make fun of Nick's pick with Idaho, and now he's Toledo and UMass? Let's go. This place is completely unhinged. (laughs) Dude, ballistic missiles against – Dudes with muskets, <laughs> no shot. Uh, well, never. We could offer a lot of commentary on that, but um, I, do I, a, look, do, don't do it January six. It's don't do it. Do, Toledo is just like the class of the MAC, and they actually have like good players. Like they're good. They turn yeah. out like, yeah, it's, a, it's a good program. It's Jason, it's Jason mm-hmm. Candle. Come on now. Yeah, Jason yeah, Candle. Yeah, and UMass is as bad as they usually are. Um, I think they lost last week. Who did they lose to last week? Uh, scrolling, <laughs> scrolling. <laughs> I thought I had this on my hand, and I don't. Why? Why uh, are you looking? Why are you looking? Just yes, two lane. By, two by, lane? Th- by thirty-two. Yes, by thirty-two oh to two lane. Yeah. Willie Fritz so put go, it on them. Yeah, now they go to the glass bowl. Like oh, I, again, how, how do they how do they stay within this number? I just I don't see it. I think this is like. <laughs> 40, 45 to 7, Toledo. If you need to know how big of sickos we are, this was like three years ago. I was at a business dinner at a taco place in El Paso. I told all my fellow employees that they could just go ahead and head to the to the hotel because I had to stay and watch Toledo play on like a Wednesday. And I was like, I'm, I'm staying here watching Jason Candle and the boys. Um. Yeah, I mean, come on, UMass has got to be terrible, so that's not the worst pick of the world. Not nearly as bad as right. Indiana minus twenty three. No, no, it's not. And I, I told you guys I was going back to the well. I'm doing. I'm going back to the well. Give me under in Iowa, Iowa State forty and a half. I, I, like I said, I don't know how many quarters it would take for these teams to get to forty and a half. It's not four. 
the only way, I suppose, is if both teams get in a safety off in overtime, which, you know, crazier things have happened. Uh, I saw someone said earlier in the week, and I thought this might be perfect, if this game goes to overtime, what happens if Iowa punts? Like, that's how bad their offense. Is. <laughs> so, they could they could do so, a drop they could do a drop kick and it count as a field goal. Yeah, I mean that may, that might be their offense if they get the overtime. So yeah, give me under forty and a half. It'd be like really cool if this number would inch up. It's not going to, but if it were to inch up to something like forty two, you could go ahead and bet the mortgage. But it's not going to get there. Give me under forty and a half. I'm thinking like best case scenario. Best case if you're an Iowa fan is if you're you're covering, you're, you're winning 17-13, and that's not even close to the number. This is a AFC North ugly Thursday night football type game. All right. I like it. I'm trying to decide on how how crazy this is. Um Man, I am like going back and forth here. I've got so I've got a notes app pulled up of games that I like this week because I told y'all before we started that I I love this slate from a gambling perspective. I believe that I'm going to go. And Nick, if you're still there, is the number Oregon State plus one? I see Oregon State minus one. Okay, I like a couple so i'm gonna have to uh to make a decision here i really like houston and texas tech over i know texas tech's starting uh quarterback is out for this game but they're playing the backup who beat mississippi state last year in the liberty bowl he looked pretty impressive I, I, houston's defense was not impressive against utsa maybe i just had utsa underrated this year coming in but i really like that over i think i'm actually Going to go a different direction, though. I'm going to play with fire here because their defense is absolutely terrible. But I don't see how UNC is only laying a flat seven against Georgia State. Give me the Tar Heels. I think Drake may may be the best quarterback in the country, weirdly, maybe. Uh, If they can just get a couple stops. If UNC can get a couple stops, a couple turnovers, block a punt like South Carolina did against Georgia State last week, I, I, I just don't see Georgia State keeping up with UNC's offense here. I think UNC gets in the 40s again. They have in every game they've played so far, including against you know a pretty good App State team last week at App State. This week they're going to Georgia State. I have no idea who said who made the schedule for the Tar Heels. It's ridiculous, but I, I think they cover seven easily they have again a, a top five quarterback in the country even if georgia state is successful on the ground i just see phil longo and drake may putting up 42 i don't see any way georgia state is able to keep up this is also one of those those deals where georgia state can can play with the power five school or sec acc school for one week but right. can they do it back to back weeks I mean, that just yeah. doesn't seem – they just don't have the depth. You know, like maybe the, the starting 22 are fine, but once yeah. you start getting into like the third and fourth offensive linemen or the – I guess the eighth and ninth offensive linemen in this case or the, the fifth and sixth linebacker, you start getting wait. into guys who are like junior college, and that's yeah. when and, they start getting gashed. Wait, what was the exactly. number? It's seven. It's a flat seven. UNC minus seven, North Carolina. What? That's just uh, way too low. That's a great pick. It's it's way too low. And to your point, Ben, 
Like South Carolina played like shit last week and still covered against Georgia yeah, State. That's right. Like, they did. It was what is it happening? was a fluky fluky cover, but but come on. Like are we minus seven? Georgia yeah. State gets a lot of love from Vegas. I don't know who they have, but yeah. I mean I've 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 obviously not read any kind of preseason or any kind of book on Georgia State this year, but hold on. They get a lot of love from Vegas. What they get is, some guys who are, you know, non-qualifiers at B5 schools and cast-offs. And, you know, they're a team in the South, so they're going to have some athletes on the roster, no doubt, like no question. But North Carolina's four-year recruiting average, what? we talked about this in the preseason, is going to be like, what, 50, 60 spots ahead of Georgia State's four-year recruiting is, average? Like, I'm I'm, well, I'm confused. What, is Drake May, like – Pentecostal or uh, Seventh-day Advent? Is there some yeah, kind of know. religious thing that's keeping him from playing at Turner Field where he's not going to be there? Like, now, like I said, if, if you if you wanted to make the contrarian case, it's I think it's pretty straightforward. It's that UNC's defense is bad, really, yeah. really bad. Yeah. yeah. If North Carolina but, can't cover seven against Georgia State, they need to crater the program. And look, last game – Josh Downs was out against App State. I think UNC gets him back. Josh Downs is an NFL receiver. So UNC has been putting up, you know, 42, 45, 56, whatever, without an NFL receiver. I, again, you get him back this week. I just Somebody yeah. tell me how Georgia State stops this offense. Dude, this is I don't think that North Carolina is any worse than South Carolina and would even argue that they're better. Yeah. And yet the line is less. That uh, that doesn't make uh, sense to me. I uh, mean, he, yeah. I mean, even if Georgia State scores, North Carolina is still going to score at least two scores more because Georgia State's yeah. going to have a fumble or a pick, or they're going to have a turnover on downs. Like this is mind blowing. I, I have not. I did not know that was the number. I was refilling my beverage while Austin was doing his deal. I, dude, what is happening? I. Even yeah. if Josh Downs doesn't play, uh, Chad or Trevor, whoever's the walk-on, can get open against Georgia State. Yeah, right, right. Oh, I, I God, what a pick, yeah. Um, talking about emptying the clip on Nevada and Incarnate Word, I didn't do the clip on this. All right, my last one. I was going to go to the well with the Beavers, um, Oregon State, but that – Line has kind of moved, and it's in the Valley, Fresno State. That can always get weird. I then was going to turn to BC plus three against Virginia Tech. Um, I believe it is still three. Yeah, it is, but it's Lane Stadium. Can get weird. Um, I am going to stick with the state of Oregon, but I'm going to go with the Ducks here. I recently finished reading shoe dog i highly recommend it a phenomenal book the memoir about phil knight and uh how he started nike i love them minus 20 against eastern washington uh this is in Austin. look they they got absolutely embarrassed last week they're gonna want to get back score some points look say what you want about bo nicks but it's eastern washington oregon's gonna have the better athletes they're gonna score especially in Austin, it never rains there. They're going to be fine. 
they're going to put up a uh, a nice number. I would venture to say they can name it in this game. I have no clue about what ED, uh, EWU has. I don't think it's going to matter. I like the Ducks here big. I mean, just give me three scores. That's all you got to do. All right. We got them all. No, I look, I like that. I think Oregon's going to be licking their wounds a little bit. They need a good game. Landing in that staff, they need a good game after that ass with the class. Oh, week. they'll take it out so, on them. There's no doubt yeah, that's good. This is this is good, yeah. right? Agree. That's um, good. Yeah. Uh, do we do we miss anything? Um, any other games that we want to talk about or any other games that we like? Um I mean, I, I think again, we said at the top of the show, not a great slate, but a great gambling week i mean there are so many intriguing lines and totals and i i think it's fun um this is really the only week of the year where where we have nothing to say about the Ole miss game you know like i think every Uh, week even uh, tulsa there's no line at least addressable it's it's uca luke altmeyer is going to go out there and go 12 for 16 for 160 yards and a couple touchdowns Zach Evans, Quinshawn Jenkins, Ulysses Bentley, Kentrell Bullock—they're gonna go go crazy. Defense will look good. It's just a tune-up for uh, Atlanta and Georgia Tech. A um, couple other ones just for just for fun. Um, I really like Maryland. I like laying the points there. Um, I do too. I do too. How about Will Healy? I mean, he went from sort of the toast of college football or the, you know, the yeah. next up and coming to probably fired like this year. I was gonna say, like we 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 were we were dogging on on uh can't even think of his name now. Uh Matt Campbell at, at at Iowa State and how the bloom is off. I mean, yeah, Will Healy, who some were like, hey, interview him for the old miss job, and then now look at him, he's a 25 and a half point dog to the Terps. Um I, I think little Tagabaloa is gonna go ham. Um yeah. Really like that one. Uh, also, really like Syracuse minus twenty one and a half. Um, th- they're playing UConn, and come on, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, Gino ain't coaching this UConn team. I, I mean, this is going to be a bloodbath. Even if it's in stores, it doesn't matter. Um, I like that one a lot. A uh, and M early in the season, non con. Jimbo knows the number typically. Lay the points there, and here's the thing about that one though. I, I wish that App State was not coming off of a really emotional game against UNC because I might have some interest in the Mountaineers here because A and M has Miami on deck, right? I I think mm-hmm, you're right. The Jimbo mm-hmm, does mm-hmm. typically know the number in these games, but they didn't look great last week against Sam Houston. No, App State true. App State is not Sam Houston. I mean, if Texas A and M screws around here. App State can be in this game late. Yeah. The only thing that gives me pause there is just the points that App State gave up to North Carolina. And oh yeah. now Drake May is a much better quarterback than Haynes King, but across the board, defensively, AM is going to be much better. And just a it's going to be a big time lean on them game. Um my last one that I like if if you're willing to to listen, I love Wisconsin. Minus 17 against Wazoo. We already talked about the Cougs earlier. Cam Ward, I like him as a quarterback prospect. Struggled in his debut. They 
eked out a win against the Vandals at home. I mean, this this wasn't at the Kibbe Dome. This wasn't a neutral site. They won by seven against Idaho. I, I like Wisconsin, just one of the more elite defenses. Um, I, I, I was saying that, um, and now I'm drawing a complete blank on what I was referring to them, um, which is how elite their defense is, Jim Leonard. Yeah. And 17 is enough to where – Graham Mertz and that offense will find a way and they've got, Oh, oh, by the way, Braylon Allen who runs the football for them. Um, They're going to be just fine. Oh, Clemson. I was saying that Clemson is like Wisconsin on HGH. Yeah. Just maybe, maybe, maybe literally. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Elite defense and just a okay offense that gets it done. Um, Yeah. Wisconsin is just going to, squeeze the life out of wazoo I, I don't see how the coups can hang um that one's in madison too um so jump around all that good stuff but yeah fun week um i love we get alabama texas at at, at noon that's gonna be a lot of fun look I'm, I'm with you on wisconsin i think i liked cam ward as a prospect and like the potential of him and of lane Kiffin offense until we found better options and that's not the not the kid i just think what we're seeing here is him learn in real time the difference between incarnate word and that level of competition and, you know, real big boy D1 football. And he is yet to even play or see a defense like Wisconsin's. I mean, Jim Leonard is one of the best in the game. I think the question is, like, is Wisconsin going to score 28? If so, they cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah couldn't agree more. And, I mean – this is a a Wazoo team that doesn't have um, Borgie. I can't remember his first name, but he was just like your mm-hmm. do it all, like Max. little Max Borgie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, come on. Of course, his name is Max. Um, like the Dollar General version of Christian McCaffrey. He's yeah. not there as a safety net anymore. He's he, you know, it's transfer portal man. I mean, he's he's getting acclimated to a higher level and, and learning as he goes with his teammates. And I mean, I think they're going to be fine and they'll put up some numbers, but not against Wisconsin. I mean, this is going to be, uh, yeah. I hesitate to say bludgeoning because I don't know how many points Wisconsin will score, but yeah, Wazoo's just not going to do much on offense. So um, yeah, fun week. Um, got all the locks in. Um I'll run through them here before we close. We got Tennessee minus six and a half, Toledo minus twenty-eight, UNC minus seven. Let me re- let me repeat that. University of North Carolina minus seven against Georgia State. Uh, Alabama minus twenty. Tennessee Pitt over sixty-four and a half. Mississippi State minus ten and a half. Iowa State plus three and a half. Indiana minus I'm giving Nick 21 and a half. I see that on Vegas Insider. So we're getting 21 and a half. El Asico under 40 and a half. UCF minus five and a half. Um Mississippi State, Arizona over 57 and a half. And then Oregon minus 20. So right now we're six and nine as a group. Nice. We're gonna look to uh Get back in the get back in the black, and and as we see it on our spreadsheet, get in the green. We like to see the green, which means money. 
Um, but that's going to do it for this week's edition of Hit That Line. Thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in. Thanks to the sponsors that make the show possible. And as always, thanks to the fellas for uh, joining me. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. We will reconvene next week as we then turn ahead to week three where things start to get a little more interesting, a little more fun. But that's going to do it. Y'all stay safe. Gamble responsibly. And as always, if you run out of money, just deposit more. It's fine. You can always make more. Till next week, we out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.